Welcome to Beyond the Crucible. I'm Warwick Fairfax, the founder of Beyond the Crucible. Amidst the pain and tragedy, there can be learnings, but there can also be blessings. There can be a sense where you want to use your pain for a purpose, which can be healing. Uh, we've had people of all kinds of crucibles, including people who've been abandoned or abused. And, you know, those who've been abused, uh, for instance, they often have a sense of how can I help others who've been abused? How can I help others to the degree that it's possible uh, avoid getting in relationships with those that might abuse them? What are the signs that you can see? Very often, you can find your um, purpose amidst the pain of a tragedy, and that in its own way can be can be healing. Finding the healing in heartache and hard times is not easy, but it is an absolutely indispensable step we all must take to recover from a crucible experience. Hi, I'm Gary Schneeberger, co-host of the show. This week, in episode two of our special summer series, Crucible Hacks, Warwick and I share how you can understand how you were refined by the challenges you faced. We share two hacks that will help you find beauty from the ashes of those setbacks and failures. One involves facing the demons of what went wrong and finding a way to turn them into angels. The other is creating a three by five card. That is jotting down three to five lessons your trauma or tragedy taught you, and even looking for blessings attached to those lessons. The bottom line, in order to reframe, as Warwick says, you've got to do the inner work. The idea here is to is to apply hacks, those things that take actions that we have to do, and they make them a little bit easier to do. Um, some people talk about hacks for cooking and hacks for house cleaning and those things. We're talking about hacks here to help you move beyond your crucible, and we're taking them one step at a time. Last week, we talked about the end goal. We started with the end in mind. We talked about significance. Now we're going to start um, talking about where you end up after your crucible, step one, really, after your crucible in episode two of this series, and that is how you're refined by uh, your crucible. One thing to keep in mind here, these are hacks indeed, but they're not quick fixes. Think of them as ideas and inspiration to help you move from this happened to me to this happened for me. And we're taking 10 weeks to do this to give you step-by-step step what we believe will help you, and that's the Beyond the Crucible refining process. Our goal is to give you a helping hand through insights and exercises we haven't shared on the podcast before that give you helpful guidance on how to tackle and move through your crucible and get out of the pit, as Warwick likes to say. And our focus this week is refined. When you're hit by a crucible, you can't change what happened, but you can shape what happened into lessons you can apply to inoculate yourself in many cases, in some cases, against it happening again. The question you have to ask yourself at this stage is where will you find hope to get out of the pit? And Warwick, the question I'll pose to you, um, this is the place that you started beyond the crucible. What does it mean to understand how you were how you were refined, and why is it important to have that understanding? 
Yeah, Gary, I mean, really the starting point, as we say, is when you're at the bottom of the pit. Uh, it's your worst day. How do you not let that uh, define you? How do you not let your worst day be feel like your last day in a sense? What happened to me was horrific. The choices I made were terrible. I don't deserve to keep going on. Uh, how can anybody forgive me? How can I get beyond this tragedy that was so unfair that somebody did to me? You can often feel like you know your life is over. We had one recent guest that said their pit was so deep it was a bottomless pit. There was no right, end. There right. was only worse. You know, I mean, as you said, really part of the key is saying, yes, you know, it happened to me, but is there a way it happened for me? Are there some lessons? Maybe if it's your mistake, as it was with me, with my you know, takeover of the family business, clearly there were a lot of lessons I needed to learn. But you know, regardless of the circumstances. Is there some good that can come out of uh, this terrible circumstance? Is there even uh, a gift or a mission? For most of the guests we've had on our podcast, it almost feels like almost all their mission has come directly out of their crucible, out of their worst day. Right. It's really truly remarkable. So, um, you know, ultimately we use the word choice a lot on Beyond the Crucible. We have a choice. You can hide under the covers and wallow in anger and bitterness either towards yourself or towards others or the world or God or you know whatever your spiritual frame of reference is. Or you can say, this was awful, it wasn't fair, I made a big mistake, but how can I use this to grow and learn and in some way to serve others? So really, ultimately, it does come down to a choice, a mindset shift that we've found so often with our guests on Beyond the Crucible. Right. And you said that we do talk about choice a lot, but you used the word three minutes ago or two minutes ago that we also have talked a lot about recently, and that was gift. And it is true, isn't it, that this step, right, being refined by your crucible, that provides the seeds of people being able to say, even you, being able to say that your crucible was a gift. It's its what you learn in this refinement stage that helps you get to that place where you can view your quote-unquote worst day as a gift. Isn't that fair? It really is. One of the first times I heard that word, uh, gosh, I don't know if it was a year ago, it was uh, an Australian, uh, Stacey Kopas, you know, dove into an above-ground pool in suburban Sydney when she was a teenager, like a lot of teenagers, you think you're sort of bulletproof. And she became uh, diagnosed as, um, I think maybe even a quadriplegic, I'm trying to remember precisely, but it was, it was certainly bad. She has some range of movement now, uh, but you know she was an athlete, she was gifted, and she went through you know, probably suicide, ideation, substance abuse. I mean, it was bad as you would expect. And she said, what I went through was a gift. I was like, how in the world could that be a gift? Right. Nobody wants to go through that. What she means is she became a much deeper person. Uh, she found a mission to coach and consult coming out of it. So she would say the person she became you know, may not have happened without that quote-unquote gift. Nobody wants that kind of gift. But if somebody like Stacey Kopas can say that what she went through was a gift, I mean, it just blew my mind. So uh, even in the worst of tragedies, there can be a gift 
uh, that can come out of it. And speaking of gifts, uh, listener, this is the summer. This is the time of fun. This is the time of activities with friends and family. Um, and we've got an activity with you, our friends, in that we have a um, Crucible Hacks Summer Series Worksheet that is free to you at beyondthecrucible.com. And it's it's a bit of a puzzle. And every week we are going to give a word. We gave one last week. We're going to give a word that you fill in on this worksheet. And then at the end of that, if you solve it all, you can then turn them in. We'll give you the details on that later. And uh, the first 25 who come in with a correct uh, worksheet will get a signed copy, not just a copy, no, a hand-signed copy of Warwick's book, um, uh, Crucible Leadership. Uh, so go to beyondthecrucible.com, download that worksheet. It's free. And as you're listening to this 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 series, keep in mind that sometime in this episode, sometime in every episode, I'm going to mention what the word is that you need to fill in on that sheet. Not going to mention it yet, but we'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to it shortly. So Warwick, let's talk about the the hacks here that we have for this episode, the, those things that can make actions as you're moving beyond your crucible a little bit easier, maybe a little bit more, can pull them more into focus. Um, and the first one that we have here is, is, here's a crucible hack, face the demons. At the refine stage, face the demons. Ask yourself questions like this. What was the worst thing about your crucible? What hurt you the most? What knocked you down or set you back the most? In what ways did it hurt you? Not what hurt you most, but also in what ways did it hurt you? How can you reframe that experience? That's the pivot point, right? Identify all those things that it quote unquote did to you. Now, how can you reframe the experience so that it wasn't something that was done to you, something that it was done for you? If it was the loss of a job, example, what new opportunities might it have opened up for you? If it was a terrible tragedy, truly, a truly terrible tragedy like the death of a loved one, dig deeply into the ways in which that individual blessed your life. We encourage you, write these thoughts down in your notebook we urged you last week to get, because that's going to be a resource for you as you continue to walk through not only this summer series, but as you, as you continue to walk through your journey from setback to significance. This concept of reframing work, that can be really, really excruciatingly hard, but it can also be really, really extraordinarily healing. How is that? How does that, in your own experience, in your experience of, of guests we've had on the show, how does that work, that reframing is hard, but it's also extremely valuable? Yeah, it's so true, Gary. I mean, as we often say on Beyond the Crucible, you've got to do uh, the inner work. You've got to, you know, especially if it's your fault, you've got to learn the lessons, which um, I did, and you know, we'll talk a bit about later. Uh, but you know, learn about you know who you are, what it is you value, uh, what were some, you know, what are some of the mistakes that happened. You know, amidst the pain and tragedy, there can be learnings, but there can also be blessings. There can be a sense where you want to use your pain for a purpose, which can be healing. Uh, we've had people of all kinds of crucibles, including people who have been abandoned or abused. And, you know, those who have been abused, uh, for instance, they often have a sense of, how can I help others who have been abused? How can I help others 
to the degree that it's possible, uh, avoid getting in relationships with those that might abuse them. What are the signs that you can see? You know, very often you can find your um, purpose amidst the pain of a tragedy, and that, in its own way, can be can be healing. Not completely right. healing. There'll be scars, but somewhat. And you know, I think of my own life, and listeners will be familiar with this. In 2008, uh, I gave a talk uh, in my church in Maryland where we live, and the pastor asked me to give a talk, provide some sermon illustration. So I spoke about uh, my failed $2.25 billion takeover of my family's 150-year-old media business. And at the time, I thought, who in the world can relate to that story? Right. You know, it's the congregation of regular folks. I mean, nobody's sticks their hand up and says, you know, hey, I did a $2.25 billion takeover too. As I've sometimes said, I'm in a support group of one. Right. You know, it's like nobody. But um, what was amazing is in the weeks and months after, people came up to me and said, boy, your story, your message was so helpful. I think, how is that possible? But somehow sharing honestly, vulnerably, and, you know, some lessons learned, and it's a church, maybe some things I felt like, yeah, God had taught me about myself and life and purpose. Uh, and just by sharing that message, it brought a couple things. It brought some level of healing. Gosh, what I went through can be used for good in some sense to help others. And it also fueled my passion and desire to write my book, Crucible Leadership, Embrace Your Trials to Lead a Life of Significance. And ultimately, it led to the birth of Beyond the Crucible, those moments of healing, uh, they can be transformational. They can, you know, a crucible can indeed give you a mission that gives you a level of passion, purpose, and healing that helps you move on uh, with life in a way that actually excites you to get out of bed every morning. You're not wallowing under the covers. It's like, hey, it's Monday. I just can't wait to get back to my purpose and my mission. Right. Right. That idea, I mean, what you just described in that in that speech in church um, almost happened as you were giving the speech, right? It, your experience reframed, almost reframed itself, even without your knowledge up front, right? And this is a good time, listener. This is a good time because I just said reframe. Remember on the worksheet, each week we're going to give you a word. You fill that word out on the worksheet, then you solve the puzzle. At the end, you can win a book. This week's word is reframe. That is this week's word, reframe. So get your worksheet, write it down. If you don't yet have the worksheet, press pause. Work and I'll keep talking, but you won't know that because you'll be on pause. Um, And then you can come back and you can write reframe down for week two. That is the word that we are uh, talking about. You know, Warwick, as we um, begin to pivot off of the first hack, Face the Demons, as you've talked, I just realized maybe a better way to frame this hack is face the demons and make them angels, right? Face these terrible mm-hmm. things that happened, these things that really knocked you for a loop, but put a different face on them. So take the take the horns off and put the wings on, if you will. Um, I think that's a great way to look at this, no matter what. And, and you're absolutely right. Of all the guests we've had, all the crucibles we've had, there's been some 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 truly horrific things that people have gone through they've all turned that demon into an angel in some way. So there's hack number one. Our second hack in this episode is what we call the three by five card. 
And it, you can actually use a three by five card if that works for you. But really the idea is to write down, jot down three to five things you learned about yourself from your crucible experience. Write yourself a short letter then expressing thanks for them, what we've just been talking about. And don't keep it to yourself. This is critical. Overcoming crucibles is a team sport. So share with your spouse, a close friend, a mentor, anyone you trust who knows you and has an interest in seeing you move beyond your worst day. That's the three by five card. Jot down three to five reasons, three to five things that you learned about yourself, and then write yourself a little letter expressing thanks that it happened and why you're thankful for it, how you've turned that that demon to go back to the first hack into an angel, and then share that with someone else. How can this be critical to bouncing back, Warwick, um, bouncing forward, if you will, from a crucible? Why is this exercise so potentially pivotal and and life-giving to folks? Yeah, Gary, I think in order to reframe, as we've said, you've got to do the inner work. You've got to uh, write down kind of a few things on your uh, three by five card, which says, what are the profound learnings that I've learned about myself uh, in this crucible? Maybe, you know, I'm more resilient than I thought uh, I ever could be. Uh, maybe I realized I was in the wrong job, wrong career. Uh, I was living out of obligation to somebody else's vision. Um, that sounds familiar, like someone I know. <laughs> Uh, that might exactly. have been your three by five card. That might have been your th- uh, three indeed, by five card. Indeed, <laughs> and I'll, I'll talk about that more in a bit. But yeah, I mean, really, to, in order to move on, you've got to do the inner work, the the learnings. So once you write down those learnings, consider at least in reality or, or virtually, if you will, flipping that three by five card over, and you've got the three learnings on one side. Write down. What are maybe uh, a few blessings, three to five blessings that have come out of your crucible? And that might seem like an obnoxious question, but I'd say pretty much every guest we've had could do this exercise. They could yep. write down three to five learnings and they could write down three to five blessings. And this isn't just I'm going through an exercise. They profoundly believe in those blessings. They are in some ways grateful for the crucible that happened to them. Uh, It's just, it's taken me a while to understand how a crucible could be a cause of gratitude, but um, many, if not all, of our guests have said that, and they're in a good place. I think part of that is learning the lessons and being grateful. So this exercise, both sides, learnings on one side, blessings on the other, it can be transformational. It can be like a talisman that you have on your desk that you refer to to remind yourself of what you learned and where you're going and why you feel blessed. And I've seen this play itself out with you. And listeners who've been with us through all the episodes that we've done will know what I'm talking about when I say that the times on this show when you get emotional is when you're talking about the blessings, in particular the blessings in your family that have come from your crucible being there for your kids, the way that your kids affirm how you were there in in ways that maybe you couldn't have been if you were the head of this multi-billion dollar company, 
those are things I think you discovered along the way that they were indeed blessings. Maybe you hadn't thought about them that way, but as you began to talk about them, you realize, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, we had that guest, the other, uh, uh, Kristen Keffler, who, who counsels uh, people from wealthy families, how to kind of deal with the money, not just manage it and grow it and use it for good purposes, but just deal with the emotions of it. And you talked about how you were, and it was a blessing to you that her advice, her wisdom, you said, would not be something that your your children would need to know because th- that that anchor that having a lot of, uh, you know, all that, I mean, that kind of money can be is not part of their lives. That's a blessing to you, right? That, that thing that you, that came out of your crucible, that's something that you learned about yourself. And it's also something that you now feel blessed by, right? Yeah. So well said, Gary. As I was reading Kristen Keffler's book, The Myth of the Silver Spoon, uh, it was profound because she's somebody that's a consultant and coach what she calls the rising generations, early 30s to 20s, of people of multi-generational wealth. Clearly, money can be its own crucible and not, you know, that many people uh, go through the crucible of multi-generational wealth. Uh, but, you know, dealing with money and identity is something that, you know, on any level that certainly a fair number deal with. But what it reminded me in my own case is, you know, I grew up in this 150-year-old family business started by a person of very strong faith and had a vision, came out from England to Australia and started this great business. But for me and for others, to some degree, there was a sense of just obligation and duty. Mm-hmm. And for me, that almost felt a bit stifling. But as you know, I raised my own kids, my wife's American, we've lived here uh, over 30 years in the US, over the years, I've come to realize what a blessing it's been because my kids grew up in a relatively normal background. The name Fairfax doesn't mean that much in the US. In Australia, it's like being a, a Kennedy, a, a Bush, or a Rockefeller. I mean, it's a big deal. Right. Yeah. So here, you know, they were able to grow up relatively normally. Uh, I had a powerful conviction of wanting to be a present dad and be at their games and dance recitals and I wanted to make sure that I was encouraging them to be who they wanted to be, whatever that was, in line right. with their gifts, talents, passions, not any agenda of mine. So when I read that book, as I said to Kristen, what blew me away is this book wouldn't be helpful. And this book would be helpful to most people of generational wealth. I had not at the same level of wealth as I grew up with, but definitely very comfortable. And that was such a blessing that that book would not be helpful to them because that's not their story, that's not their crucible. Money is just not an issue, obligation, duty. You know, they have a healthy attitude to that. So all that's to say is I grew up with five generations of wealth and obligation to a degree at least after the founder, John Fairfax. And that, I don't want to say curse, but that kind of obligation, that kind of burden, it really was a burden, has been broken. Uh, my kids do not have that burden. That to me is a gift. If I had still been in the in you know John Fairfax Limited, could I? And my kids had grown up in Australia. That would have been a burden of itself. Could I have said, "Oh, you don't need to go in the family business"? Sure, I would have said that. But I think, but yeah, I mean, they are far more blessed not having grown up with that. Far more blessed. So yes, that is an incredible blessing, a gift that that crucible gave to my kids. 
the freedom from you know the bondage and expectations of growing up in this large family media business. Right. And one of the reasons, listen, that we're doing this series on crucible hacks, everything Warwick just described came to him, I don't know if slowly is the right word, but it came to him over time. And this idea of doing some of these things that we're talking about, the idea behind the hack is to have it, not have it be instantaneous, but maybe move things along a little more intentionally. Had Warwick sat down with a three by five card and jotted down what he learned about himself from the failed takeover, the ultimately failed takeover, and then the blessings as he discovered them on the back and kept that around to, you know, to look at, it might have accelerated a little bit his journey from setback to significance. And that's what we're aiming to do here for you is to give you, again, I hesitate to use the word shortcuts because we don't want it to sound like it's easy. It's not. But these are just ways in which to hack, ways in which to find better ways to go about moving beyond your crucible than sort of sitting back and and waiting to see what happens, taking action. The two that we've talked about here um, today on the uh, on the refined episode, episode two, and I'm going to change it. I said face your uh, face the demons of your crucible, but I like face the demons and make them angels. What was it that happened to you, and how can you make it something that happened for you? That's the first one. The second one is the three by five card. Morick added something to my original thought, which is write down what you learned about yourself, but then flip it over and write down what blessings came out of that. So this is great, Warwick. Uh, we prepare for all of this stuff. We think we have it you know, sort of locked down and then we start talking to each other and we add stuff to it. So listener, it's a good sign when the guys who are hosting the show learn stuff as they talk. I think that indicates that perhaps what we're saying has some value for you as well. Um, as we wrap up, Warwick, uh, what are some final thoughts about these crucible hacks, this idea, this stage, this first stage post-crucible of refine. What are some thoughts that you have to leave with our friends? I guess the key is, you know, probably one of the things we say over and over again is your worst day does not have to define you. It can it can be extremely painful, life-defining, but it can lead to a better life. There can be a blessing amidst the pain. Nobody wants to go through a crucible, but it can lead you to having a life that you feel called to, a life that you really love. And again, as I've said, that was my case. You know, growing up in this 150-year-old family business, I wasn't even so much living my dad's dream. I was living my great-great-grandfather's dream right. back in the 1830s. And it was a noble dream to have an independent newspaper that was beholden to none. The original masthead was, may Whigs call me Tory, Tory call me Whig, basically may liberals call me conservative, conservative call me liberal. I mean, a truly independent paper. Uh, it, that was a great dream, but it wasn't my dream. I was locked into a wonderful dream, but it wasn't mine. And so by losing the family business in this failed $2 billion takeover, it actually freed me to find my own path, my own vision, mm -hmm. my own purpose. It allowed me to launch beyond the crucible and chart my own course, which I feel truly, truly passionate. So I really did find that my worst day did not define me. It absolutely refined me. I learned so much about who I was, which for me is I'm basically 
I like to, you know, aspire to be a thought leader. I'm a reflective advisor. I love coming alongside helping people and coaching people, uh, advising. I know who I am. I know what my gifts are. And I, I know the path in which I want to use my gifts to help others. Uh, that gives my life purpose. I'm excited every day that we get to do a podcast or I get to coach or, you know, whatever we're doing here in the world of Beyond the Crucible. But none of that would have been ha- possible without the devastation, the excruciating pain of right. losing a 150-year-old family business. So tremendous blessings. I even said uh, over the last year, even deliverance from right. bondage almost came from this. So uh, it has been a blessing, a hard-won blessing, if you will, uh, but a blessing nonetheless. So listeners, that will wrap episode two of our summer series, Crucible Hacks. Remember the two kind of um, opportunities you've had here. One is the is to write a letter to yourself about um, facing the demons and making them angels, what you learn from that process. And then the three by five card that we've talked about. We encourage you keep those things. We encouraged you last week to get a notebook where you can file some of these things that you're learning. You can put those things right in the notebook Warwick suggested. You can take your three by five card and put it as a reminder on your desk so that you don't ever uh, forget it. And, And you can refer to it when you need that little buttressing in your spirit. So we will end with this. Come back next week when we offer up some more crucible hacks that will help you achieve a life significance. enjoyed this episode, learned something from it, we invite you to engage more deeply with those of us at Beyond the Crucible. Visit our website, beyondthecrucible.com, to explore a plethora of offerings to help you transform what's been broken into breakthrough. A great place to start? Our free online assessment, which will help you pinpoint where you are on your journey beyond your crucible and to chart a course forward. See you next week.